I imagine that however many weeks into quarantine you are now, you're wishing you could add on to your house. But not everyone has the budget or the time for that kind of big picture remodel. Hold your horses, my friends, because you might be sitting on top of your addition right now. Today I present to you the humble unfinished basement, your Midwestern ranch's secret weapon. Hey there! Welcome back to Mid-Mod Remodel. This is the show about updating MCM homes, helping you match a mid-century home to your modern life. I'm your host, Della Hansman, architect and mid-century ranch enthusiast. You're listening to Season 3, Episode 6. So what if I told you that the means to double your usable square footage with no addition this very summer exists? No, I'm not a wizard. I'm just talking about your basement. Pretty much every Midwestern house has got one, and in the one-story ranch, they are the same shape as the house up above. So I'll ask you, are you making the best use of your basement right now? Finishing a basement is the easiest possible way to put an addition on your house. You might come back with, Della, I don't like my basement. It's dark and dingy. There are spiderwebs down there. Okay, I get it. My basement used to be dark, dingy, and slightly moldy. It was a spot I couldn't persuade my dog to go into with her favorite treats. No joke. But there is so much you can do to change every one of those things. And today we're going to walk through how you can transform your basement this summer. Now you won't be surprised that I'm going to address how you dig into this project on each of three levels. We'll go over what you can do with no DIY skill and a few simple purchases, what you could accomplish with a more involved self-remodel, and what you should consider if you're going to be directing a team of contractors to overhaul your basement. I've talked about the three-levels philosophy of remodeling many times before, and I'll link in the show notes to how this concept applies to other areas of your house, like perking up a front door or transforming your living room. Or you can just hop back in time and check out episode six from season one. Considering how you can expand your living areas into the basement ties back really well into what we talked about last week as well. How you need to have spaces in your home that allow for one or two people to get away from the whole group and have a little sense of privacy in order for everyone to continue to coexist peacefully. Even my sister and her partner, who live in an apartment, just spent the weekend cleaning out and hyper-organizing their building's storage unit so he can use half of it as a bike maintenance and tinkering area. We're all looking for extra space right now. Before I go any further, I want to pause and say I've actually been getting inundated with new mid-century homeowners reaching out to me and asking for help planning their home remodels. Even during COVID, maybe especially because of it, people are turning their attentions to their home with renewed enthusiasm. And that's how I knew it was the right time to reopen the Ready to Remodel course. I want to make design thinking accessible to as many people as possible, particularly to my favorite group, those who own and love mid-century ranches. You are my favorite people. That's why I create this podcast, that's why I feature great local homes on my Instagram, and it's why I hang out in my direct messages there answering questions about pictures of people's homes that you send me asking for advice. And it's why I created the Ready to Remodel course, to help homeowners like you prepare for a great remodel. Even if you're not ready to call contractors right now, it's pretty much always the right time to start planning ahead for the renovation you have in mind. An empathetic designer will do the work to pull out your family's needs and wants, they'll get to know your home in detail, and they'll have experience in dealing with design problems like yours. But you can do a lot of this yourself, too. Get started right away and start using that information to set you up for a great remodel. Know that you're ready for the Ready to Remodel course? Or just want to learn more about it? Pop over to midmod-midwest.com slash waitlist to get yourself in the queue. You can also find a link in the show notes, along with all the other links I reference and a handy summary of everything I'm about to say to you on my website, midmod-midwest.com slash 306. Okay, so let's talk basements. 
There is no easier way to add on to your living space than by finishing your basement. It requires no new enclosure, no new roof, no foundation. Whether you're taking this on as a DIY project or hiring a contractor to get the job done, we'll talk about some of the most important things to consider. Now let's also think about your start point. You might have a fully unfinished basement, or you might have a problematic finished basement like mine. It had been done without a permit or inspections at some point in the 1960s, or so I guess from the stack of extremely overdue library books that I found hidden in the drop ceiling when I demoed. Historical water issues had left the faux wood paneling moldy behind the walls. It was uninsulated and poorly wired. In fact, one of the sconce lights in the dark and dank little office area seemed to have a bulb that was out, but didn't work when I replaced it twice. After demolition, I found out why it had never actually been wired up to the house electrical system. So that was a mistake. In my case, I ended up tearing the basement right back down to the structure and walls before I cleaned and water sealed it, moved areas around to change the layout, installed bathroom plumbing, insulated the heck out of it, and finished it back up to the standard of the upstairs house. Here's the thing. It's not a high-end basement, but it is a great one. This is good news. The thing that you need to create a super hangout spot or a variety of necessary new spaces for your home isn't money, or even necessarily your labor and time, it's design. I want to emphasize this right now. If you're feeling like your home improvement budget has been reduced lately, it's helpful, it's hopeful to remind yourself that a lot of what we see in the world as good design is embedded in very high-end projects, but you don't need to invest high dollar values to execute a great design idea. Many of the mid-century designers created some of their best work in furniture made from plywood. It's true that design often goes hand-in-hand with high-end results, but it's not synonymous with expensive materials or even highly skilled construction labor. Think of those things as a Venn diagram. There's overlap, but they're not the same. You can engage design thinking and your own time and labor to make dramatic, thoughtful changes to your home. Great remodels don't always come from big budgets, and that's why I love to talk about remodeling on several levels. I've talked about the multiple levels of remodeling from one, just a few DIY tweaks, up to three, hiring a team to come in and do big transformative work before, and I'll continue to chat about it to you. And that's because remodeling takes place on a wide spectrum. A total overhaul isn't even the right answer for every home or family. For example, I've worked with people who basically chose to gut their mid-century ranch to the studs, preserving the foundation and the roof, changing nearly everything else. In that case, it was the right move for them, and frankly for the house, which had substantial layout and maintenance issues. But I've also helped out other people who were simply looking for a cohesive list of little design tweaks that they could tackle over time to slowly and inexpensively bring the house into better alignment with their personal style and the way they wanted to use it. The point is that both ends of the design spectrum benefit hugely from good planning and design. One thing I would love is to see more people work with a designer, or even a designy friend, when they plan to take on some DIY home improvement projects. You can DIY while benefiting from the experience of an expert, and you'll probably find the result to be more bang for your buck and your precious personal hours. Now, as someone who both designs and tackles DIY updates for my own home, I can say that the planning is well worth its weight in gold, because putting all of this time and effort into something and then finding out you've done it wrong and need to do it over, or even that it's not quite what you had wished it would be, is incredibly disappointing. Maybe even more so than if you had simply paid someone to do it, and especially if they were able to modify it for you under warranty. That's irksome, but not a disaster. When you did the work yourself, there's no way to get those hours back. I also want to emphasize that you can mix and match. You don't have to do each part of your house to the same level. So as we talk about basements, think about which level of remodel seems most appropriate to you. 
All right, let's start by addressing some of the common features that most basements share, which make them feel like less desirable real estate than the rest of the house. Basements tend to be dark. This is true even if you have that Midwest classic, the built-into-a-hill ranch with a walkout basement. A full sliding door worth of light on only one wall isn't enough to banish the dimness, so that's a problem. Basements can also be cold. Now, in summer, that could feel like a plus. It's natural free air conditioning. But if it comes with damp, it's still no fun. In the winter, it can be colder than the rest of the house because the forced air heat systems that we use in America let artificially warmed air rise to the top levels of the house. Basements have lower ceilings. Uh, This is kind of a lottery issue for homeowners. You get the basement ceiling that the house comes with. It can be changed. I've actually done remodels where the basement slab was excavated and removed, and a slightly lower floor was dug in with a new slab. This could win as much as 8 inches to a foot of headroom in a small basement at a relatively low cost. At least, much less of a cost than an addition to get an equal amount of square footage in a new wing of the house. But in general, you're going to have to play the cards you're dealt in terms of basement floor-to-ceiling measurements. There are still things you can do, and we'll talk about some of those. It can also sometimes feel like a basement doesn't have a lot of sound privacy between the floors of the house. There might be only two layers of wood, subfloor and finished floor, between your basement space and the rooms above them. So if someone is playing a video game downstairs, they can disturb or be disturbed by someone listening to music in a bedroom above. Let's talk about how we can mitigate those steps over time. The first thing you want to get out of a finished basement is to make sure that it's working for you. Consider what function you need to add to your existing house. It might be an extra bedroom, an office space, possibly with its own entrance, or at least private from the rest of the house while you work from home. You might add an extra bathroom. Especially if you're adding guest space or even just a party room, it's really nice to have a bathroom on the same floor as that new space. And it's relatively easy to add a bathroom to the basement. There's nowhere you'll have easier access to the plumbing without having to affect other finished areas of the house. You might also think about what's missing from upstairs. Do you need a project room? Or do you need to preserve some of the unfinished basement as unfinished? You still need some storage space. When I refinished mine, I decided that I needed an extra bedroom, a real three-quarters bath to replace the odd open shower and toilet unit facing a utility room, and a den-slash-TV room, which leaves about a third of the basement unfinished for storage and mechanical, plus a workshop space. The second thing that's great about a perfect finished basement is it has a lot of light. Natural light, particularly. Just about any basement built in the 50s or 60s will have only a few small, high-level, high-up windows. Depending on your house meets the exterior grade, you could have anything from a walkout door on one side to a few of those little openings shielded by window wells. Now, if you're going to the trouble and expense of finishing a basement at any level above level one, go a little further and put in at least one full view window with a large landscaped window well. This will serve a number of purposes. It will bring in air and light. If you're adding a bedroom, it's a requirement for legal egress. And if not, you still probably want one of these for safety and peace of mind. Nothing says dank basement, I don't want to be here, as much as a dim space with too little natural light. You can also include light-colored horizontal services, which the light can bounce off of, solar tubes, which bring light down from the roof through unused spaces to the basement, or simply open up connections to upstairs at the stairwell. Make a chance for some natural light to either go directly or to bounce down the stairwell. If you're using part of the space as a den or entertainment center, then that minimal daylight might come in handy for daytime movie viewing. But in general, humans like to spend their time in natural light, so I still recommend windows with good window treatments to cover them up. All right, the next thing that's important to a comfortable finished basement is maximized ceiling clearance. 
This is a case where every inch counts. Another consideration for a good finished basement is that it connects well to upstairs. If possible, the stairwell should be in a helpful location, accessible from a social area of the house, and it should come down and land in a good spot where you come into the center of the basement. Moving basement stairs is a big budget item, so to a certain extent you've got to work with the stairs you have. But you can also choose to remove some of the enclosing walls and doors around stairwells so that sound and light can move back and forth between the spaces and create a greater connection within the house. The last secret to having a great finished basement is to make sure that finish is the same quality and style as what's going on upstairs. This is one of the reasons why faux wood and knotty pine sided basements feel like second class space, because they're not finished to the same standard as the upstairs spaces. So when possible, try to use the same type of drywall, drywall on the ceiling, and the same kind of comfortable underfoot surfaces in your basement that you do in the rest of your house. All right, so how can we achieve some of these goals at three different levels? At level one, the very first thing you can do is clean it, clean it, clean it, and paint it white. Even if you don't plan to do anything about a concrete floor or walls, giving your basement a fresh coat of primer and a bright white paint will have a transformative effect. Sidebar. The one thing you will need to do before this is address any safety issues. If you have mold or radon in your basement, this is a big deal. And don't let having these be an excuse to not make the basement livable. Those things need to be addressed regardless of whether you only stay upstairs, because they're making your whole house less healthy. If you have a recurring water issue in your basement you haven't dealt with yet, now is the time to get that handled. And you can make that unfun adulting task more rewarding by promising yourself that when it's over, you'll get into the aesthetics of a basement overhaul and enjoy your clean, fresh basement with a clean conscience. You don't need a fully finished basement to have a great mid-century rec room. A lot of mid-century homes had semi-finished basements that were finished for fun. However you create spaces, think about the proportions. You might have a fully open basement, and that's always going to feel cavernous and uncomfortable. I would say you want no space in your basement larger than half the width of the house by half the length of the house, unless you're planning to have your kids take up soccer practice down there. Create smaller spaces with conversational groupings of furniture. Put down a rug, drag in a few chairs and a sofa, and arrange them around a central highlight with a pool of light, and you've got an artificial room that will feel much more comfortable to be in than the whole basement. If you're getting into a level two remodel, with a more involved project, you can start to make some inroads into those key areas of the basement. You can move walls around. You can tear out those terrible acoustic tile ceilings if you have them, and replace that ceiling with drywall. Or you could even leave the joist exposed. This is a solution I've used even in high-end boutique basement remodels. It's useful if you have very low headroom. Just being able to see above the joists to the surface of the floor above gives you an illusion of a higher ceiling. And it can feel like a very professional solution when you neatly paint the entire area a uniform color. If it's in good shape, paint it white. And if it's junky with a lot of sticking out nails, paint it matte black and never look at it again. You can mount high-quality can lights as needed in the space between the joists without intruding down into the headroom area. Now, that's not the best solution if you need sound privacy, but it can be a very budget-friendly solution and certainly is easier than mounting DIY drywall. If you have ductwork running along the basement ceilings, and spoiler alert, you do, you can handle that in a number of ways. You could just leave it exposed. If you do box it in with soffits, don't just soffit where the ducts are. Consider how you can use those lower areas of ceiling in an intentional way with a system of real and faux soffits to create protected lower ceilings over a seating area 
that frames in built-in shelving, or that wraps around the whole room to make the center space feel a little artificially higher. You can think about changing around the stairs at this point. You can even dig out a window well. How do I know that this is a DIY project? Because I've done it myself. My dad and I did hire an excavator to come and dig the rough hole, and I also chose to have that excavator deliver us our gravel and cut the concrete wall of the basement for us. But those are things we could have done on our own with a shovel and a rented concrete cutter. From there, we used treated lumber in a railroad tie style to create a nice step back window well, backfilled with gravel for good drainage, and framed in a new window ourselves. The result is transformative, and it's amazing. It required mm, blood, sweat, and tears. Uh, we definitely cried a little bit at the end of the day when we moved, uh, I think it was four cubic yards of gravel before the rain came. Sweat, yes, absolutely. But I don't think anyone bled. No blood listers, no cuts. So there you go. This is a project you can do yourself. I definitely recommend if you're doing a DIY basement remodel that you put down some sort of floor surface and make sure that it is floodproof. I'm a big fan of the type of modular panel subfloor that has a plastic bottom that's slightly raised off the floor and a plywood top, and it can notch together like puzzle pieces. That creates a great underlayment for quicklock cork floor, a faux wood floor, an actual hardwood floor, or even simple carpet. Putting something comfortable underfoot and increasing the insulation value to protect your feet from cold concrete below is a huge change. You can also take on more intense DIY projects like an accent wall, a beautiful custom visual divider around an ugly part of the basement, and don't shy away from wood paneling down here. Just make sure you go for 60s charm and have it well lit rather than vintage dingy. In general, you want to think about what your family needs and replace some of the functions that you've lost in school, gym, office, etc. within your basement space. Now let's step up to level three. What changes when you're hiring out the work? Well, you can tackle more involved projects if you're going to get a team of experienced contractors in. You might be able to consider things like changing up the line of structure, pocketing the central beam so that it sits in line with the joists, for example. That's a project I wouldn't recommend tackling on your own. You can also make more dramatic moves in terms of layout and reconfiguring spaces. If you don't already have a bathroom in your basement, you can easily add one. You have access to all of the plumbing drops down there, and while it might seem like a big dramatic move to jackhammer up a concrete floor and move plumbing around, it's actually pretty easy to do, and more straightforward than moving around plumbing upstairs in the finished areas of the house. The basement is a great place to add in another bath. I know that a bathroom in the basement isn't the same as a master suite, or even a separate guest bath that you can easily direct someone to from your entry, but if you only have one toilet in the house right now, adding a second is always a win. We seem to need more bathrooms than our forebears. I suspect that the added use is not totally unrelated to the fact that people now take their cell phones into the powder room with them. I've heard you can even conduct a Supreme Court hearing from your bathroom. Whatever you use it for, having more than one bath for a family is a smart idea. In general, this is where you can think a little bigger. You could try moving the stairs. You could add multiple egress windows. You could add a generous laundering area or a custom workroom. But in any case, the secret to the basement remodel at any level is as much as possible to finish it to the same style and level as the upstairs spaces. You can really remove the second class feeling by having a drywall ceiling, finishing the window and door trim in the same way, using high-quality, comfortable flooring material over an insulating and waterproof subfloor, etc. Treat the basement like part of the living space in your home, and it will feel like it is. 
All right, so let's just go over one more time the main factors of a great remodel in the basement. You want to make sure that the choice that you make for the basement works for you. Consider the functions that will benefit most your family in your existing house. You want lots and lots of natural light. Bounce it around with white painted walls, add in new and larger windows, bring light in from upstairs. You want to make sure that you have the most ceiling clearance you can manage, whether that is relocating plumbing pipes into the joist level, digging down for a lower finish, or simply leaving the unfinished space between the joists visible to create an artificial sense of raised ceiling. You want to have a good connection to upstairs that works for the way you plan to use the basement, and you want to finish the basement to the same level as the upstairs areas. So if all this basement talk has got you inspired to think about redoing yours this summer, you might be looking for a little more help to get your ideas in order. You might be in the right spot to benefit from the Ready to Remodel course, which will be reopening in June. If you're not sure where to get started, if you're not sure what you like, or how that stacks up against what a realtor once told you, your cousin the contractor's advice, or the things you see on Instagram, then taking the time to make a clear sense of your own priorities is essential. Look, COVID has been changing all our math. What seems affordable, what seems practical, and what we need and expect from our homes. I think that everyone is feeling more conservative with their home improvement budgets right now, and I know I am. At the same time, we're asking so much more from our houses than we were before the stay home orders came out. The only answer I can provide to that disconnect, greater needs matched to more limited resources, is planning and design. Make sure your home is multitasking for you. Ensure that every design choice you make is the right one for you. Design has an amazing power to save you money in construction and increase the value you have in your home over time. Plan ahead, ask yourself the right questions, and get on top of what your home really needs. That's the first key phase to designing a home you will love. So here's a peek behind the curtain. Right now, I'm working on a free video masterclass that's going to address how we can pivot our remodeling and home improvement goals in light of the rapidly changing times. If you want to know more, sign up and be the first to know when the masterclass is ready at midmod-midwest.com slash waitlist, or just follow the link in the show notes. Those are at midmod-midwest.com slash 306. Grab the links I've mentioned and see an outline of what we've just covered. You can always help new listeners find the show by adding a rating and review. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen so you never miss an episode. That's all for now, Mid-Mob Remodelers. I hope I've gotten you thinking about what you could do in your basement this summer. 